This is Everything is Black and White podcast brought to you by Chronicle Live and sponsored by Hodgson Motor Group, bringing you the latest insight into everything to do with Newcastle United. Find us on iTunes, Spotify or most podcast providers. Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. It's time for a transfer special uh, with the window halfway through. Joined here by football editor Mark Douglas. Um, I'm glad to see that Newcastle in the fourth round of the FA Cup, which is a good starting point. Um, there last night at St James Park, we were, as was Mike Ashley. And that's where we'll start because you would assume that any big deals or maybe any deals at all that will happen in the next couple of weeks um, will be discussed between Mike Ashley and Steve Bruce. Um, maybe today, which is Wednesday, mm. or over the next coming days. How significant um, was his reappearance? I think it's it's always significant um, because he's he's been away for most of this season. It, you know, it's only the second time I think he's met Steve Bruce. He he met him in the summer and 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 said he was infused by what Bruce could bring to the job, which which provoked a fair amount of derision I think amongst amongst a certain section of the supporters but his return was you know it was always planned that he would uh, that he would meet Bruce at some point in the in the uh, in the year but it's obviously significant that he's come back in January midway through the season I think Bruce sees himself I think as as potentially being able to get a little bit more out of the owner than Rafa Benitez did because you know he 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 by his nature isn't going to be um, provoking and prompting things behind the scenes like Rafa did. Rafa was very political. You know, he got his own way sometimes, didn't get his own way some some other times, but he was always pressing for more. You know, he wanted Newcastle to be a lot more than they, they currently, or, or he wanted them to move away from the strategy that they've currently got. So what's going to be interesting is what Bruce actually gets out of this meeting because one of his ways of working, he's always been... Um, he believes that he's able to work with people. He's a people person in in his view. He can, he can, and he'll be thinking, well, I can, you know, I've done everything that you've asked of me so far. I've taken the players that you recommended in the summer. Um, I've kind of got us into a, you know, relatively decent position in the league before Christmas anyway. Obviously it's fallen away a little bit of, of late. I've got, I've got us into the fourth round of the cup. I've used the players. Some of the players are getting better. Um, uh, you know, I'm 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 benefiting. Uh, I'm I'm making sure that Jolinton's being worked on as well. So he now will say, turn around to, to Mike Ashley and say, "Look, I need a bit of help here. We we may be in a you know a, a relatively comfortable mid-table position, but they're only five points off the the drop zone. They haven't scored enough goals. The performances, the results have been okay, but the performances, as we've seen from quite a lot of the statistical tables, are you know they're, they're around the bottom. They're either twentieth or in the bottom, you know, the bottom places for pretty much all of the measures of uh, attacking, uh, attacking intent. So he'll go in there and say, "Look, this is what my statistics show. This is what we need. Can you do me a favour? I, I, this is the player that I want." You know, it, I think the one thing you'll get from him is that he only wants players who are going to make a difference they're very expensive so the reason that it's important to meet with Mike Ashley is because Mike Ashley despite his denials is the only one who signs those kind of checks they have to get the green light from Mike Ashley to do the really big deals they had to get the green light from him to do um, you know to do the Jalinton deal he's involved in those big deals at the football club I know you know, there's been various kind of, you know, oh, well, he doesn't get involved too much. But, but, you know, we know that he chooses to get involved at certain times. He chooses not to get involved at other times. But there's no way that Newcastle United are going to spend, um, you know, north of 20, 30 million pounds without Mike Ashley at least being aware of it. So it's important that he's there. And I think it'll be all about that kind of human relationship and whether they can build a rapport. The cynic in me would say that that's what Alan Pardew tried to do as well. And McLaren 
and to a certain extent Carver as well. Benitez was the only one who didn't. Um, and we'll see. We will see because, you know, I, I've learned over 11 years of covering Newcastle under Ashley that it's all very well in principle, thinking that you can talk him round, but he's he's unpredictable and he doesn't always act, in my opinion, in the best interests of the football club. Hopefully, it's all a new era. They Everybody seems to be a lot more positive within the club about what's, about what's happening. Well, this is the time to prove it, isn't it? If you go and back my, uh, Steve Bruce and go and spend 20, 30 million pounds on a player then I think that then starts to get a few people who are very cynical feeling like, oh, hold on, maybe it is a new era. Um, but, um, but you know, I suppose the other side of it is they have spent a lot of money in the last two transfer windows. They've had money in from Ayozi Paris, but they've spent some money as well. You mentioned there the kind of the relationship um, between Bruce and, and Mike Ashley, how it's kind of going to be starting on a, on a level playing field. There's been no, like you say, public kind of pot shots at him. Um, I just want to read a quote here, um, and it is from the Martin Samuel um, interview back in the summer from Mike Ashley, and he says, I go to the training ground, um, all lovely, you can't help uh, getting carried away, I'm like, what can I do to help, can we get another one in, what's he like, is he fast, it's one of the amazing things about owning a football club, the way you get caught up. Now, like, like, I mean, is that going to happen this time around? Is this, is this the moment Mike Ashley gets caught up and says, right, I think he has an open check? We've heard it before, haven't we? And that, that, that was the problem with that interview was, you know, I remember sitting in the uh, in the concourse, standing, sitting in the press room with the volume turned up on the TV, listening to Mike Ashley's interview after the, uh, before the West Ham game, where he talks about not wanting to leave until we win something. Um, you know, to be fair, they then did spend some money that summer. So I don't think it's as simple as, Newcastle United never do any business. Newcastle never do anything. They, 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 Mike Ashley talks rubbish. So you don't look at the last two transfer windows. And while I would have a problem with the timing of the Almiron signing, because it, you know it could have come earlier and they, it would have transformed them a little bit, a little bit earlier. They did do the Almiron business. The previous January they went out and got Dubravka on loan with a view to a permanent deal. Uh, Kennedy on loan, which did make a difference, and obviously Slomani, who didn't, who didn't make a difference, but that was because he wasn't fit. Um, so they do do bits. They probably don't do it quite as I would I would like to. But I think the, the point about the Ashley line is it's like now is the time to show and prove it. Because I thought reading that, he said that, didn't he, when they'd signed Jolinton. And we were I was waiting for what is the next deal. And it was obviously St. Maximin was the, the came in, who's been a decent signing so far. Andy Carroll, I think, was the one that Steve Bruce got that he wanted. That was the deal that he that he was pushing for. Um, and I think he was pushing against an open door there because Mike Ashley has wanted to bring back Andy Carroll for years. It's the it's the greatest deal that they could ever do, isn't it? They sold him for thirty five million, bring him back for nothing, and he ends up being okay. And I think that was that appeals to the kind of shop trader, market trader in him a little bit. But look, we will see. I, I, I've heard it from Mike Ashley before. I think that he says he gets carried away. There is probably an inner romantic in him, at some, some, but it's hidden beneath a few layers because Newcastle at the moment is a very unromantic football club. It's, it's sort of rebuilding after a, a very damaging summer. And the dust is settling a little bit, isn't it? And if they get somewhere in the FA Cup, it'll you know, build up a bit of goodwill. But I think we will see now. I, I, the, the indications are that there's one or two players, really good players, that would get fans excited that they're looking to sign that they've made inquiry, well, made inquiries about, but they've, they've looked at. They've been knocked back on those players so far. So I think, you know, it's funny because all the names that are being linked, we put to Newcastle and my colleague Lee Ryder's doing a lot of that work. Um, so I won't take credit for, for sort of saying this, but you go through the, those links, 
Lee's doing the background checks. He's not just going to the club, he's doing other links as well. And the club will come back and say on about 90% of those names, no inquiry, no bid. They won't necessarily say there's no interest, but they're saying no inquiry, no bid, it's speculation. They've got frustrated with some of the links. So it could well be that those players that they're talking about and that I'm kind of being told about, because I haven't got names at the moment, to be honest, but those players could be players that we haven't necessarily heard too much about. And I would think that, you know, there are one or two there that they could they could potentially do that would be that would be would be exciting. But I think there'll be a, about seventeen clubs in the Premier League in that in that in that um boat. And it's the question is whether you whether you go from the inquiry and being excited about potentially signing a player stage to actually signing him. And that's where Newcastle quite often haven't got to. It's quite interesting though because Bruce's rhetoric changed towards the end of last year, 2019, and he suddenly said, Oh, you know, we've got a few players spinning. Whereas before that he was he, you know, he wasn't down that road. Mm. And it's quite interesting now that Mike Ashley's come up because um some people might be forgiven for thinking that once Mike Ashley heard that he'd be he'd be raging. Why have you why have you said that in the public, you know? But actually the two have come together mm. and you can see why there is some hope course a lot of skepticism over what will happen but at least there is some hope that absolutely yeah because I, I think I'd be you know a lot of people said well why didn't they have this meeting in in December and I think you know you have to be practical about how the transfer window works Bruce said yesterday three teams in the Premier League have done deals I don't think it, they could have had the Schenktosen they could have been involved in Schenktosen um, if they'd have wanted to but they decided not to because they didn't think he was any better than what they had and they wanted to kind of keep giving Jolinton chances there's nobody yet who's moved with potential for Fernandez, who's obviously gone to, to Spurs, but you know, I, I don't think they were ever really in for him. There's nobody that's moved yet that you'd think, why aren't Newcastle in that deal? The one that I would like to see them do and really put money into is Jared Bowen, because I think that is ticks all the boxes. But we're told that Hull haven't had any bids yet. There may be a reason there. There seems to be some sort of, you know, counter you know talk and counter talk about this contract situation I, I understand Hull can trigger a one-year extension but it seems that that's you know they're not coming out and saying that and that might be because they obviously you know they, they don't want to encourage bids or maybe they do maybe they do maybe the agent does I think what what is interesting in in this in this situation at the moment is that you know Newcastle like you said there about the plate spinning thing they they've played this window down from very very start now I think that for all the noise and for all the results that didn't go over for Christmas I don't think their approach has significantly changed they like to be the ones there kind of they like to be the ones that would that don't promise too much but over deliver rather than promising a lot and then under delivering so I think they were always aware of the fact that there's some money there and they can do stuff but they weren't really talking it up and now I think what you're seeing is Bruce maybe one week he's saying we've got plate spinning, we've got knockbacks coming, and the next he's sort of saying, "Well, look." So the noises yesterday were, we may go through the window without anything happening, but we have got a couple that we're looking at who are really, really good. So it's it's all that kind of smoke and mirrors that you get in the transfer window. I still feel that what he'll say in this transfer meeting with Mike Ashley is, "Look, if you want to protect your asset." I still think that I need X, Y, and it'll be a striker with a bit of experience to help Joe Linton out and an attacking midfielder who can give us that, who can, you know, a strong 
kind of, you know, Musa Sissoko type midfielder, like a, a good, you know, somebody who, who can get forward and has, and has you know, has has kind of the athleticism to sort of run a midfield because he wanted Mohamed Diarmi De- to stay, remember, and they've never really replaced him. Um, and I think that's what he'll be looking for. What will be interesting is if they go through the window, don't sign anybody, what will be his attitude then? I think he'll sit there and say, well, we can get to the end of the season. But I think privately he'll be a bit more worried than he is at the moment because I think he thinks he knows they need they need extra bodies because there's four or five players in the 25-man squad who you know haven't taken their chance and probably aren't quite good enough um and that'll be that'll be his worry isn't it we haven't got enough goals in the team um I mean just as we've been sitting here I know a few more links have been thrown out so um, you got the midfielder from um, AC Milan, um, Lucas Bilegia. Bilegia yeah, we'll go with that. And then Horta from Braga. And what I want to ask you because is a lot of people will be wondering how we as a desk cover the countless rumours. I mean, yeah. Steve Bruce mentioned it in his press conference on Friday that I think it was thirty-seven names at that yeah. point. You can probably add another twenty um, in, in the days that have gone by. So. Just delve into how yeah. we cover that. Well, there's a, I think the thing, the interesting thing is that, that you know I think people probably are long enough in the tooth now to realise what goes on in, in January. And it's a little bit of, you know, some some of the links I think that come out of some of the foreign media are, I've got to be honest, and, and some of them probably that come from this country are a little bit of two and two together and coming up with five. It's Newcastle need X. You know, here's a player that they'd, they'd love to sign. You put it to somebody at the club, you know, obviously not the official official line they'd be like well we've looked at him or yeah you know we like him but we can't afford him or something and that then becomes like a link if you will some of them some of it's agent driven some of it's the selling club or the buying club kind of pushing that out there although you know I'm very rarely have ever been briefed by Newcastle United in fact I don't remember ever being briefed by Newcastle United on something that um before it happened they will what what Newcastle United will sometimes do, and other clubs do, is they will confirm or deny something, or or tell you if something's totally wrong when it comes up. But they've never, I can't remember ever them telling me something before I had it. They, they just don't do that. But agents do, um, and there's some some journalists a bit closer to agents than others. Um, and then what tends to happen there is that 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 rumor will kind of crop up elsewhere, and it then. You know, we if we then go to the club or go to our sources and they say, look, there's something in it, it then grows a bit of legs. Now, the way that we cover it is we know that people read about transfer rumors. We know that we know that for a fact um, because we we see the analytics and things. And, and so we we had to come up with a way of basically acknowledging that while also retaining our credibility as a as an organisation and, and transfer link. So I think what we what we do now is we quite clearly um, mark up any stories that we do that, that are revolving around rumours. For example, we've just published a piece with sort of the seven or eight rumours that have come out today sort of saying, right, well, these are, these are the latest rumours because people want to know the names that have been linked with people. And here's what our chief sports, chief Newcastle writer um is saying about them so that's one way we do it the other way is obviously we've got the live blog which um you know is is, is a kind of one-stop shop for all the rumors and stuff so if you go in there at any time of the day you're out you're out to work or you're you're out walking your dog or whatever you come back in you can go in the live blog and you'll see seven or eight names um probably that have been linked and as you know and, and we we treat the live blog as look every link that's out there that's got credibility so it comes from a a, a relatively you know legitimate organizations so from other newspapers other foreign press sometimes from websites although some of those are some of those can be a little bit spurious we'll tend to put it in there 
we'll usually carry a bit of comment as well and say, take it with a pinch of salt. And that's the way that we do it. And then when it's something that our reporters have kind of um, come upon, so Lee, for example, has a fantastic record with transfers. You'll notice he's not really written anything yet saying definitively Newcastle United are going to sign this player because I think at the moment it's not, they haven't got any firm bids in for anybody. They're not really, they haven't broken, you know, they haven't broken rank yet and actually gone for a player and bid for a player yet. So, you know, they've had inquiries in for like the likes of Adam Ola-Luckman, but it's still in a relatively early stage there. So um, so that's what happens when when we get, really concrete transfer information it's labeled up it usually comes from lee but obviously kieran has good links as well and occasionally like i'll i'll manage to to pull something in as well uh, and you obviously have, have talked to a few people as well so we we label it up we label it differently so i know some readers don't like that um but it is the way of the modern world unfortunately you know the newspaper then if you want to buy the newspaper you don't get any of the noise about the transfer rumors you just get you just get our probably our reporters' takes on it, so you can go out and buy the newspaper if you want, and you don't have to put up with all the all the noise about links. But I know a lot of people like the noise about links. We hope you've enjoyed this episode so far. It's sponsored by Hodgson Motor Group, the Northeast number one family-owned Toyota, Mazda, and Suzuki dealership group. Please remember to like and subscribe to the podcast through wherever you get your podcasts from. So what exactly do you think Newcastle are looking for in this window? Uh, the, the general consensus seems to be a striker and a midfielder. Yeah. Lee uh, Ryder has written this morning um, in the kind of round of piece you were mentioning there that Newcastle have watched uh, the, nice stri- the Nice midfielder um, Cyprian. I'm yeah. pronounce that right. Yeah. William Cyprian, who was linked earlier this week, £20 million valuation. Um, many people would say, well, if it is a midfielder, you have Hayden, Shelby, yeah. the, the two long staffs. Um, clogging up that that space. So is yeah. That, what's your opinion then on that? Well, I think I think the thing is that, that you know the, the formation that they're playing at the moment, three five two. They um, you know they, they've not got a lot of attacking midfielders. They've got they've got John Joe Shelby in there who can, you know, who, but he's not an attacking midfielder. He's not somebody who's going to burst from from that those that area. He's not a box to box man. They probably haven't got Matty Longstaff could potentially be one, but you know he's not going to play every week at the moment. He's only nineteen. You know he's got he's got he's got you know areas to develop his game and obviously he's only got five months left on his contract signed up doesn't he five months yeah and that and that's you know that's a big worry that's something i think that they really need to get done by the way because you know he's getting better with every game he plays um but yeah so they so they do need somebody maybe a box-to-box midfielder hayden you know you saw him last night playing center back he can play right back as well so he's he can play in different areas but they need if they're going to play in a way that if they're going to have different formations, if they're going to be able to play in a different way, they need probably somebody who's going to add add a bit of you know a bit of attacking, a bit of attacking intent, but can maybe dominate a game because I think they've the staff have looked at it and thought the way that we want to play, we probably need somebody in there who's going to be a bit of an enforcer. Um, maybe the idea with Sean Longstaff would be that player, but he's not quite hit the heights yet this season. So it's it's all those kind of reasons, you know. And we saw when um, when uh, Van Alden came in the impact that that could have in a, in a decent Newcastle United team. So the reason for the midfielder is just simply because they haven't got that kind of player yet. They've got a quarterback player in Shelby. They've got um, industrious kind of midfielder in Matty Longstaff, but I don't think they're looking at him as a first team regular, although he's obviously playing a lot of games at the moment. They've got Sean Longstaff and Isaac Hayden. Key is a million miles away and is going to leave at the end of the season or or now if if somebody comes in for him. So they haven't got, you know, they have got players in that in that in that place but they haven't maybe got somebody who can do that role. Um 
and obviously the lad you're talking about there, the guy from Nice, twenty million pounds, right age, right profile. You would think that would be one of the ones that Nixon would be kind of looking at. Um, whereas Bruce would probably more prefer somebody British based who would come in and make an immediate impact. Striker wise, and Castle and the Mark, you reckon for someone to yeah. to give Julian a bit of a push? I'm obviously scored against mm. Rochdale, so hopefully that can be the start of something. But yeah, well they were offered. I think they've been offered. They're obviously offered Schenk Tosin. We know that. I think Christian Benteke's name's now been pushed to them as well. He's very very expensive in terms of wages. Doesn't score a lot more goals really than Jalinton, but has experience in the Premier League. He might be somebody that you could look at and say, well maybe he would get others playing a little bit better for a very short period of time. You bring him in for five months or whatever, takes a bit of the burden off Jalinton and Andy Carroll and could potentially sort of maybe weigh in with one or two goals himself and then you send him back to Crystal Palace. Is that money well spent if it's a, but it'll be a big loan fee and you'd obviously have to contribute all of his wages, which are significant. So that's the dilemma that they've got. But yeah, so there's, they're being offered players all the time. Um, you know, I know that the, there are, you know, there's Kalinic was mentioned last week as well. I think that's, that's a, you know, agent driven talk. So, a lot of players being offered. I think the Luckman one is, you know, if you speak to Newcastle, they'll say that, well, RB Leipzig don't want to let him go at the moment. They want to sell him. If they're going to, if they they want to, if they want him to go, then they want to get their money back for him. They want 22 million pounds. So that was kind of all that noise around it. But, you know, Luckman's agent or Luckman's people are keen for him to come here. And I think he would like to come back and play in the Premier League if he could. But that's a non-starter at the moment because RB Leipzig don't want to don't want to let him go out on loan with no obligation to buy at the end, which I don't think Newcastle want to uh, want to negotiate at the moment. So we're very much in the sort of horse trading stage of things. But there's a lot of uh, factors that could kind of push the domino effect in the, the later weeks. We have Aston Villa looking for a striker. They've got yeah. Wesley out till the end of the season, so they'll be looking for someone. You imagine maybe in the same boat as well, maybe a loan mm-hmm. signing from a top. Uh, four or five uh, one of the top teams in the top four or five um, you have someone comes in and meets the asking price for Dwight Gill mm. um, you know there's a lot of things that could happen over Absolutely. the next week which, which could push Newcastle into and, and I don't think any of that's going to happen until the final week of the window because I think you look at it and, and I think a lot of teams have got wise to the, to January um, I think I saw some research before the season started said there's around a 20% premium on prices they worked out and I think that was by working out player profiles and then equivalent player profiles being sold in January. So a 22-year-old striker who's got X amount of goals, they were looked at the price of him in January and the price of him in the summer. And obviously there's a massive premium in the, in the summer. So you're starting to see reluctance from teams to do the big deals in January. Um, Newcastle were quite rare, really, I think, in, in signing Almiron on last, last January. But boy, did they need him because I think they were in trouble if they didn't if they didn't get him. Um and I, and I think, you know, as much as we sort of sit here and tear our hair out that, that teams, that, that Newcastle in particular, can't see the value of adding from a position of strength, I think you have to have some sympathy with them because, you know, and I know that this is, is an unpopular thing to say, but, you know, you do have to do, you do have to think that you have to, it's a, it's a risk and reward game uh, transfers at the moment because Newcastle have a finite amount of money so do you save some of that money and look at the summer and then say we can go big again in the summer? Or do you spend a bit now from a position of strength, let the player have six months to bed in, and then next season they're even better, as is happening with Almiron now. You know, he's really coming into his own and it's almost a year since he's been here now. That could potentially be the situation for Chilinton as well next season. Um, so it's a game of risk and reward. And, and, and I think that you probably have less less of a feeling from people at the top at Newcastle, the, the head coach in particular, of we need to get 
X, Y, Z done or we're going to go down because he will look at it and say, well, with the results have been okay so far. We need a little bit of extra help, but you know, we maybe don't need, we don't need something huge at this stage. Maybe we get to the final week of the window and, it, and that changes. Um, but I, I, I just don't see, I think January is in danger of sort of becoming a little bit overhyped at the start of the window. But, you know, we knew that. And we. It's funny, what's, what's been interesting this time is that I don't think there's a massive clamour that you get in Newcastle that, that I think was driven a lot by the manager, to be honest with you, and, and quite rightly in some ways, because he, did, he wasn't getting the players he wanted in the summer. So therefore, he was really making noise from the middle of December. We need to sign, you know, I... I mean, he talked last season, it would be a miracle if we stayed up, even if we signed players. That was in just before Christmas. And then that added to a frenzy when you got into January. It's like, why are we not doing things? This man says we need things. If we don't sign them, he's not going to stay. And that all added to it. It's that, that fact is gone now, you know, because Steve Bruce, let's be honest, he's not going to challenge them in the same way that Benitez did because he's, you know, he's he's happy to be here, isn't he? You know, he, he wouldn't have got the chance if Rafa would have gone. So, He's going to be a bit more relaxed about it. And he'll also look at it and say, well, I got 60, 70 million pounds worth of player in the summer as well. So, um, you know, will it work out? I think we have to make that judgment at the end of the season and see where they are at the end of the season and, and how far they've got in the cup and, you know, whether players have improved or not. Um, just a couple more questions then before I ask you who you think Newcastle's top target is this month. You mentioned there Mike Longstaff out of contract and some there's a few others as well. Fernandez, Mike Creo mm. is another one. Um, of course, he can start talking to other mm. clubs and get a pre-contract signed. So Newcastle got a bit of work to do as well on, on, on new deals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's been the case. I mean, they've only done one so far, which is Dubravka, which I think was a really good deal to do. And you've seen his improvement in form since then. The Longstaff situation, I think, obviously, this is in tandem with his brother, sort of was in talks about a new deal as well. And the fact that they've sort of stalled a little bit could be having a, an impact on what's going on with Matty. Um, I've always felt all along that Matty wants to be at Newcastle and will probably sign a contract at Newcastle. But the longer and longer it's going into January, the less and less confident Newcastle can be of that because, you know, I'm sure there'll be a lot of really good clubs out there looking at him and thinking, you know, obviously they wouldn't get him for free because Newcastle would be due a compensation fee, but it wouldn't be anywhere near as much as it would be if he signs a deal, plays three or four seasons at Newcastle and then and then teams are trying to trying to sign him. He's 19, he's English. Um, he's now played seven or eight Premier League games. He's got three goals already this season. He's the third top scorer in the team. He's come on leaps and bounds, you know, and I think they've got to they've got to go and they've got to give him what he wants, basically, I think a little bit. Or they've got to come closer to what he wants. I think Newcastle are still saying at the moment, look, that you know, they've been burned with big contracts in the past. Sammy Amiobi got a very generous deal when he first broke through at Newcastle because other clubs were looking at him and he never fulfilled his promise he probably lost a bit of his hunger as well so Newcastle will be turning around and saying well we don't you haven't made it yet and maybe we don't maybe they'll be batting back some of his agents requests but I just think you can't afford not to do that one because um, you know it's everything that Newcastle want to be is represented by Matty Longstaff he's talented a Newcastle fan starting to really develop under this under this manager and they, they say they want to give youth a chance they've given him a chance he's doing well so I think it makes sense for all parties to get around the table and do that one um, but you know as I said I know there are clubs you know the Bundesliga is a 
place where they're starting to look at English clubs, they need they'll, they'll need to sort of do something, won't they? Because obviously Brexit's coming um, around the corner. We don't know what the the rules of free charity rules are going to be in terms of sport, how sports teams are going to be able to sign players from Europe. So, you know, this is kind of crunch time, really. Um, and then just finally, any outgoings can you see happening? Dwight Gill obviously is one that keeps mm. popping up, but there's a big asking price. Yeah, I, I think don't think Gale's going to happen because I don't think financially it makes the numbers make sense for any championship club looking at him. Um, and I think Steve Bruce wants to keep him because he's Steve Bruce will be looking at it and thinking, okay, well he's got a year left on his contract, so I understand that this is the time to max to sell him. Now or in the summer, he'll he'll have to either be sold or given a new contract because they'll risk losing a potentially 10, 20 million pound asset for nothing in the summer. Um, but they've also got to weigh that up against if we sell him, we've got to replace him. Um, and you know, you saw on Saturday, lovely little flick into Almiron for the goal. He, he isn't a bad player, Dwight Gale. So that becomes a bit more of an issue as well. If you sell him, you've got to replace him. and they haven't really got anybody in that mould who they're ready to sell. So I don't think he's going to go anywhere. I think he's staying at Newcastle now. Um, and it'll be fr- more like the fringe men who will go in. So you'll probably see Henry, Henry Savé go, you know, I would still think they'll probably end up loaning key, possibly um, with a view to a sort of permanent deal at the end of it, um, just to get him off the wage books and out of the squad. You know, he's not done a lot, has he, since, um, since he came back in. And there'll be others as well. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if there was one or two that, you know, maybe a surprise or two, in there as well. You might see a defender go. Um, Fernandes has done brilliantly, but obviously, you know, he's got six months left on his contract. Um, they can trigger a one-year extension on that. I think Kieran Kelly wrote that this week um, and it'll be interesting to see whether they do that or not. You know, obviously, the army, they could have done that as well and decided not to because he wanted two years. But um, yeah, I'd see maybe. So there could be a little surprise there. Um, they could sell a goalkeeper. Um, Carl Darlow's obviously played last night. Been doing really well in training, apparently. Really pushing uh, Martin Dubravka really well, and and it could be that he's you know he's sold. Um, but I, I think that obviously they do have to sell players to to bring somebody in. But um, I don't think there'll be any major outgoings. I don't think there'll be any surprises in there. Um, a big surprise, but I think there could be a sort of slight you know not fringy man, but there could be somebody on the outskirts of the team who maybe gets sold for decent money if Newcastle are then going to reinvest that money. And just finally then, is there a top target you think for Newcastle United this I January? Think, I think the word spinning plates makes me feel that maybe there's there's four or five that they're looking at who they think maybe if we could get him, then we can do this and we can do that. Um, I, I don't think they've coalesced around one target. Lookman is obviously somebody that the manager really, really likes and they'll keep, they'll stay they'll stay across that one. Um, but the striker-wise, that's the big, that's the interesting one, isn't it? Because there's... Not that many at the price that Newcastle are trying to do. Um, you know, all all the names I've seen so far don't really don't look to me that realistic. You know, Morelles, that's not gonna happen. Um Dembele. Dembele, I can't see that one happening. You know, the Leon the Leon manager said, you know, he'll have a lot of offers if he if it if it comes through it. But again, that's one that they maybe could return to in the summer and look at. Um, but you know, I, I, I'm not convinced that there's like one big target that they're looking at, like it was with Almiron last last um, last January. But there'll be players that they're 
kind of across, if you will. So I think it'll be a busy final week of the window. I do think it'll be busier. Um, but maybe this week, I can't see anything happening before the weekend, for example. And then they've got Everton on Tuesday, so nothing's going to happen before then, I don't think. Um, there could be some more inquiries and sort of things, but I don't think anything's going to happen before Everton at the very earliest. And then you could be looking at another final week of the window. But loads more links to come, I think. And it might be that we get a few things come out of there that smoke a little bit more interest out. So it is the way it is in January. You know, it's, it's smoke and mirrors. Um, but uh, I think what I'm pretty confident of is with the contacts within these four walls here, if anything happens, you'll have it. You'll have we'll have it pretty much first. Or if we don't have it first, we'll have it very very soon confirmed after that. So um, so yeah, I'm 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 prepared for a f- busy final week. Well, there you have it. We'll bring you the latest on that meeting between Mike Ashton, Steve Bruce, and go over to our live blog where, like Mark says, you can get all the transfer rumours, gossip, um, and everything else in between as well. This has been the Everything Is Black and White podcast. <laughs>